G'day and welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Message podcast and today it is a very special episode with a great guest, Jason Perkins and if you heard Sunday's message you would have seen him communicate but if you don't know who he is, he comes from the Irresistible Churches Network which is closely affiliated with Beyond Church. My name is Lockie and it's my job to help us navigate the 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow your faith. Today's episode really focuses on the power of the tongue and Jason gives really great challenges and advice as to how we can actually better people or uplift people with our words. So stay tuned. There's some really great challenges that Jason gives us that we can go and improve the people's lives around us and we can actually post about it on social media. So you'll hear about that later on. But for now, enjoy the podcast and we'll see you at the end. To give you the best possible chance at applying our four Monday from the weekend, we're going to ask four questions to take you deeper. So today I'm joined by Jason Perkins to uh, really take a deep dive into part two of the Me and My Big Mouth series. Jason, how are you going? I'm doing well. Thanks, Lockie. Thanks for having me on the podcast, mate. This is awesome. No, I really appreciate you uh, jumping on the show. I know you're a bit of a veteran for podcasts, so it's great to have someone with great experience on, on the show. Yeah, I love podcasting. I um, tell people all the time, I actually get more out of the podcast that I put together than the people listening to it. So it's a little <laughs> bit of a selfish endeavor on my on my side of things because um, I learn so much from the people that I interview. And so, mate, I feel incredibly privileged to be able to do podcasts and to be on the other side of things today is a huge privilege and honor. So thanks, mate, for having me on the podcast. That's right. I feel the exact same thing. And usually if you've been listening to this podcast um, during, you know, the coronavirus season, you would have heard my voice and Chris's voice and Riley's. Um, But Jason, you are new on the podcast. You're a friend of Beyond um, and you communicated part two on the weekend. So just for everyone, um, I don't know if you've actually come to our physical location yet, uh, obviously with this season that we're in. So for those listening who don't know you, would you mind giving yourself a bit of an intro, but also your relationship to Beyond and how you fit in there? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Fortunately, just before COVID, I actually got over to Beyond in Griffin at the state school a couple of times um, on Sunday nights. I think I got to visit twice to see the gathering in person, the physical gathering Um, But then I also got there on a Sunday morning a couple of times. So loved the AM service as well as the PM service. And I absolutely love what you guys are doing at Beyond, um, creating a church that even unchurched people would love to engage with and love to attend is a huge passion of mine Hmm. um, because I've actually, a little bit of an intro on me, I've actually been a part of that type of church um, since 2009. So 11 years now, uh, I started serving as a volunteer and was an elder at a church in Austin, Texas, um, that was a part of a network of churches in the United States called the North Point um, Partner Network, which is connected to a church in Atlanta, Georgia of the same name, North Point Community Church. Um, Some people may have heard of a guy named Andy Stanley, um, who's the lead pastor of that church. And they created in the US a network of churches across the country all with the same aligned focus and vision of creating churches that unchurched people would love to attend. And so after a few years um, 
involved in just volunteer roles at that church in Austin, Texas. I actually got recruited to go and pastor one of the churches in the network in Colorado Springs in Colorado. So my wife and I um, had been living in the States for quite a while, although I was born and raised here in Australia and met my wife here in Australia and we got married here. We lived in the United States and raised our three amazing kids over in the US. We lived there for almost 17 years. We were there and uh, involved in some great ministry opportunities over there that then led us uh, to some great ministry opportunities back here in Australia. So I'm currently now the director of a network of churches here in Australia that is an affiliate with the North Point Network in the US. Um, and our network here is called the Irresistible Churches Network, which Beyond has just joined um, in the last month or so. And so that's kind of the connection between myself and Beyond. And we're partnering together um, to support and equip church leaders to help create churches in every community across Australia that unchurched people would love to attend. That's the big dream um, yeah, is, wow. is to see every community in Australia have a church that's focused on reaching unchurched people. So that's my connection to beyond. And that's why I love, love what you guys are doing at beyond so much. Yeah. We're so honored to have you and your background and support. I mean, just hearing a glimpse of your story, I'm sure we could fill a whole podcast series, just hearing about your, your journey from, uh, volunteer to paid ministry to pastoring to coaching and mentoring it's it's quite incredible um, so we're super honored that you would be part of our um, our network and I believe you I know you're working all around Australia but you do live just down the road um, yeah so I happen to be in you guys's backyard yeah. I live in I live in Mango Hill um, although Fantastic. most people when they come to my house they go you're not in Mango Hill you're in Northlake so <laughs> I'm just on this side of the road um, close to the, the North Lakes Westfield um, where people actually think I'm in North Lakes, but technically I live in Mango Hill, which is what five, 10 minutes from Griffin. So not local. even that's right. And we have mentioned told you so on the podcast. They are, I was, uh, I'm going to say they're a sponsor of the show. They're not at all, but uh, they may as well be. And that is a local for you as well. So there's a lot to, a lot to yeah. talk about for us. Let's say it this way. Told you so doesn't sponsor the show, but they power the show with they, their caffeine. They definitely do. That yeah. is great. And the crumpets. Um, but we, yes, the we can keep talking about that later. Yeah, oh, awesome. absolutely. Uh, so Jason, you're, you're involved with, with lots of churches. And I, I heard you say before, you communicated at three churches on the weekend. Um, obviously, yeah. a coronavirus special. Exactly. Yeah. The trifecta. Who would have thought <laughs> that you'd ever be able to preach in three different locations on the same Sunday? That's um, right. But super excited about it. Well, I know that, you know, in, in the, your US context, um, they do a lot of streaming, right? You, you, yes. know, you sit in church yep. and you watch someone on the screen, but to do three different messages across three different churches completely separate of yeah. each other is a, uh, you know, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I absolutely. Think. Um, yeah, and if you can, if you can remember the one you did at beyond, I know there's a lot going on. Yes. Would yep. you mind giving us a, a really just small recap of, of where we went and what the kind of application points were from the Sunday message? Yeah, absolutely. So we're in this series in the incredible book of James, which the book of James um, written by Jesus brother James, so a guy with a very famous brother, um, is, is one of my favorite books in the New Testament, second half of the Bible, um, because it's such a practical book of wisdom. Mm. So for those people that are maybe not as familiar with the Bible, or maybe you've read a little bit of the Bible, the book of Proverbs is a famous book in the Bible. Even if you've never read the book before, you've probably heard these pithy little statements that um, Proverbs has in it. And it's a real book of wisdom. 
I feel like James is the Proverbs of the New Testament because it's got these pithy statements. It's got these great lines of wisdom and it allows you to also then learn how to apply that to your life. So it's not just great words of wisdom, but it's how to actually apply that to your life. And so we looked at this great little pithy statement or words of wisdom. The bottom line of the message was to be really slow to speak. And so we, we even slowed down in the message and said, when you, when you say that, be slow to speak and to be quick to listen because the tongue is untamable. So what James is really trying to point out is that the tongue is literally something that you're never going to be able to completely tame. But I like to think of it this way. It can be harnessed. So you may not be able to tame it, but you can at least harness the power of the tongue. And we talked about three specific things, uh, Lockie, when it comes to harnessing the power of the tongue. We said that you need to remember its power. You need to surrender its power. And then James started off in, in chapter three for us with this great acknowledgement that we all mess up. We're all, all of us are going to make mistakes, whether you're a church person or not a church person, religious or not religious, we all make mistakes. So not only do we need to remember its power and surrender its power, but we need to confess its power when we make mistakes and just be honest about the fact that we messed up. So that was really the bottom line to be slow to speak mm. because our tongue is untamable, but we can harness it by remembering, surrendering and confessing. That's fantastic. And, and in that kind of minute you got, um, you gave us there, that's a lot of content. Um, and the good news is for everyone at home or wherever you're listening from is that's what we're going to touch on today. And we're going to go deeper so that you know, and you can walk away and you can know how to remember and surrender and confess and get really practical tools to actually be really slow to speak. I know it's something that we can all grow in. And as you said, it's untamable, um, even for the best of Christians, people who, who do this day in, day out, who might be pastors, as well as people who haven't yet found Jesus. So this is for everyone, and we're yeah. really excited. Um, so to help us kind of go along that journey of going deeper, we're going to ask four questions of the four Monday. And we've touched on it briefly, but Perko, it'd be awesome if we could just go that next level deeper um, for yeah. our first question, because in that Bible passage in James, it says that no one can tame the tongue. Um, what does that mean? Is it unachievable? Are we never going to reach a point of taming our tongue? Can you just give us some more clarity or context around this statement? Yeah, I would say that when I read that, that particular statement that no one can tame the tongue, I believe that no one without the power of the Holy Spirit in their life will ever be able to tame their tongue. So anytime that we even harness the power of our tongue, or we're able to maybe subdue our tongue for a period of time. It's only because of the power of Christ living in me as a follower of Jesus. When I become a follower of Jesus, the scripture actually talks about the fact that Jesus, and I don't even know how to fully explain this Lockie, but Jesus presence comes and lives inside of me. So even though I can't explain it, I have experienced that. And the way that I've experienced that is when my life and when my body even does things that don't come naturally to it, like my tongue being tamed or being under control, that's not natural. Then I know that that's when Jesus power living in me through the Holy Spirit is actually doing something supernatural. 
not mystical or weird. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when a lot of people hear that word supernatural, they immediately think, oh boy, we're getting a little crazy, a little out (laughs) there, a little bit weird or mystical. When I use the, the term supernatural, I literally am talking about something that doesn't come naturally to me. So it is above the natural or supernatural. So when my tongue is harnessed or when my tongue is tamed, that literally means that it's something that Christ is doing in and through me and that the Holy Spirit is making happen. But when James says no one can tame the tongue, that means that you and I on our own, separate from Christ in us or separate from the Holy Spirit, we're useless. No chance. We've got no chance to be able to tame our tongue without the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So that's what that means to me. And then when I begin to see my tongue being tamed or the power of my tongue being harnessed and used for good, that's when I know I have to give all the credit to Christ. Mm. I have to give all the glory to God because that is a supernatural thing that's taking place. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fantastic. Just a few things there. So the tongue, just to kind of, you know, clarify for everyone, it, it is words, right? We're talking about our words, yep. knowing that our words are powerful. So saying that our, our words and the things that we say, we can't really tame it. Um, and it's really interesting that it, it sounds somewhat insulting uh, in the first instance when you say, you know, I have no, I can't tame it myself or you, you know, Perko, you can't tame your tongue. Um, yep. But rather than being insulting and saying, oh, you're not, you're not good enough, I find it actually relieving. Now that I've been on my walk with, with Jesus for a little while now, it's relieving because I know, I know that Lockie Left Alone um, doesn't have you know, much going on. But with Jesus, talking about that kind of Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, um, that's, that's so comforting rather than insulting. And I think that's a great yeah. point of faith to get to. I think that that you're talking about Lockie, I believe what people talk about in terms of their freedom in Christ, Mm. it's almost freeing to know, man, I mess up. I make mistakes. I can't tame my tongue. I certainly can't control my words sometimes, but my freedom comes when I recognize that I can't do it on my own, but Christ can do it in me. That's incredibly freeing. Um, so I, that's, that for me is really powerful when I no longer look at it as a deficit, but something that's actually a benefit to me yeah. because of what Christ is doing in me. Yeah. Wow. And when Christ works through you, you know it, you can feel that kind of teamwork. It's uh, it's yep. an incredible feeling. And I think we should all strive to be working with Christ, whether we are in pastoral ministry paid, you know, paid church capacity or whether we are um, doing anything, you know, like, you know, in our regular career or vocation, um, yep. that's something that's achievable and attainable, which is just awesome. Now we'll move on to our second question. And in, in that four Monday, we've got those three steps of remember, surrender and confess. Um, what does it look like? And it kind of touches on what we've already talked about a little bit, but what does it look like to actually surrender our mouth or our tongue to God? Yeah. Well, I think we touched on a little bit in that first question, the first step of surrender And the first step of surrender, I believe, is acknowledging that on my own, I can't do it. That's the first step of surrender. On my own, God, I can't. And not just the tongue as well. That's the on my own, full stop, not just my tongue, not just my abilities, but me on my own. Yeah, I think that's really cool. 
Absolutely. So what does it look like to surrender my tongue or my mouth and my words to God? I think it starts with the acknowledgement of I can't, but then it, it, it moves to the next step, which is acknowledging that he can. So I can't, but he can, and then he can in me. So as I surrender my mouth, as I surrender my tongue, I'm saying, I acknowledge God that I can't do this on my own. I acknowledge God that you can do this. And I acknowledge God that you can do it through me. And so I'm, I'm surrendering or I'm acknowledging those things. And then I'm inviting God in to take over my tongue, to take over my mouth and to live and work through and in me today. Um, so that's a, for me on a practical level, Lockie, that tends to be an action that looks a lot like a prayer. So all of these things that I've just talked about is really a conversation that I'm having with God, which a lot of people would refer to as prayer is a conversation with God. And so I'm acknowledging in a conversation or in a prayer to God that I can't do it. I'm acknowledging in a conversation prayer to God that he can, and then I'm inviting Christ to do it in and through me. All of that looks like a prayer. And that quite frankly, I think is a prayer that we have to pray every day and even even moment by moment throughout the day is yeah. a constant prayer that we need to ask. That was what I was going to ask you next is when is this prayer a, yeah. a, applied? Is it, a, is it a, a morning, you know, you wake up and you say, Lord, I give you my mouth. I give you all the things I'm about to say. Is it at someone's yelling at you on the phone? You know, maybe that's part of your job or maybe it's just an angry phone call. Uh, are you saying it then? When, when does this prayer come into play and how, you know, if we've only got one second, to pray before we yep. get, you know, blast back on the phone. What could we do in that setting? Yeah. So I would, I would say it's a prayer of just help me God. Literally that that's it. Help me God in this situation to respond the way that you would respond. Help me God. Um, and that's a prayer that quite frankly, I pray not just in the morning, but I pray that prayer all throughout the day. A couple day. times a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In relation to my tongue, but in relation to a lot of things like God help me. Help me in this situation. There's actually a prayer, Lockie, that is kind of an overarching prayer that I pray every morning. And I began doing this probably uh, about 15 years ago now. And so it's, it's a tried prayer. and tested. Yeah, it's a prayer that I, I recognized that I would get going with my day and I would forget about the presence of Jesus throughout the day in my life, just to be quite you know, transparent. And I would get into where I was doing things in my own strength. And so this sounds really unusual, Lockie, but I, I began praying a prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to fill me in the morning. But then would you also remind me all throughout the day to practice the presence of Jesus? So I just, because I, I know I forget. And so I began to ask the uh, Holy Spirit to constantly remind me throughout the day. You know what's crazy, Lockie? All of a sudden, I would find myself throughout the day being reminded, hey, Jason, practice the presence of God in your life. Practice the presence of Jesus in your life. And it was the Holy Spirit answering that prayer in the morning and being that reminder to me throughout the day. Because on my own, useless. I can pray that prayer in the morning and I'll forget about it by morning tea or I'll forget about yeah. it by lunchtime. And all of a sudden, I find myself working or doing things, striving in my own strength but the Holy Spirit asking him to remind me, it's amazing how he shows up and reminds me throughout the day. That's incredible. I like how 
you know, God loves our prayers. He loves communicating with us. And if we start kind of trying to tame our tongue by saying, you know, we're in a, we're in a conversation, I'm looking face to face with someone and I say, God help me, you know, in my head, he mm. wants to come and help. But when you actually, we embed that into our routine, into our life, we start and finish our day with that prayer. And we say, yeah. Lord, remind me, Holy Spirit, comfort me throughout the day. Give me the words to say. Suddenly, uh, as you said, over 15 years, your life, uh, you're, you're able to see Jesus clearly through other people, clearly what he's communicating to you. And you're allowed, you are able to share that with the world. And I think that's so incredible. So we're striving not only for those mini prayers, but also those kind of grounding prayers where we actually enter the presence of God, which is, I think, phenomenal. Yeah. And I stole all of that, Lockie, by the way, stole all of that from, from Jesus because he spent an unbelievable amount of time on a daily basis getting alone with the Father, even though he was in the midst of incredible amounts of ministry with literally thousands of people demanding his time. Oftentimes they were begging for his time and showing up uninvited, you know, crowds of people. And yet he would steal away on a regular basis to just get time with his father. Cause without that, he knew he would never accomplish his father's mission that he was given to accomplish. And I think the same is true for us. So I stole all of that, by the way, <laughs> from Jesus. None of that is original. With me. Yeah, that's well, I'm looking at your schedule. I'm going, wow, three messages in one Sunday. That's crazy. But you're saying, no, no, that's, that's nothing on what Jesus had to, to go through. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah he, and his capacity was stretched. Absolutely. And yet look at the amount of, look what he got done in three years, just three years of ministry. Mm. Ridiculous what he was able to get done in three years and the movement that took off the, you know, the catalyst of those three years and the movement that we are now a part of thousands of years later. So must've had, must've had a secret in that solitude and silence and time that he spent alone with the father. Definitely. And you can see through the patterns of the gospel that his not only, not only his mouth was surrendered to God, but his entire life, everything he did, yeah, um, which yeah. is the, just an amazing way to live. Um, but moving on to our third uh, kind of and fourth questions, which are really practical. You know, as we yep. say on this podcast, we're going to help people grow their faith in the next seven days um, yeah, to good. then provide the next step the next day or the next yep. week. So um, question number three, what can I do this week? to build others up with my words. I'm going to set a little bit of a challenge here, Lockie. I like this. And, this is great. And, and I, w- I would just want to throw this out there and I'm going to take the challenge as well. And uh, I guess I'll, I'll sign is, up too. <laughs> the, the challenge is this. What if just for the next seven days, we each wrote one thank you card to somebody in our world that needs encouragement or an encouragement card or some sort of a written word. Cause here's what I, I think I'm, I'm getting at here is the power of our words don't have to just come from our tongue. They can also come from our fingers as well and from our minds. And so what if we all took just seven days and wrote a message or texted someone or yeah. emailed somebody. But I, I do think mate, this is like ninja level challenge now. <laughs> It's easy to text. It's easy to call. It's easy to email. What if we went to the ninja level of the challenge and said, I'm going to write a thank you card or a thank you note per day to one person over the next seven days and see the difference that that might make in their life. But I think here's the bonus. I think it would make a difference in our own lives as well. That's fantastic. I love that going kind of old school with our writing. 
Um, you know, have you received an encouragement like that recently? What was the effect on your life? Absolutely. So I'm a big thank you card writer. Again, I stole that idea from somebody else long, long time ago that was a, a thank you card writer. And so, man, the amount of times I've had people say to me, Perka, I never get a handwritten note in the mail anymore. Like I literally, I put them in the, in the mail. I have stamps. Yeah. I know this is super old school. I go to the post office. I buy the little booklet of stamps. That is great. I actually put their address on it and I put it on. People tell me all the time, they're like, I haven't gotten a handwritten thank you card like forever or maybe ever. Um, and so I just think that there's something powerful in that. To answer your question, I have received those thank you cards over the years. And guess what? They stay with me. Like mm. I keep them, I, I put them in a drawer, I put them in a place where I'm reminded of them. I used to actually have an office where I kept them all on a, um, on a cork board where I would pin them up and I would reread them oftentimes just to be reminded of, hey, you're making a difference in someone's life. They wrote you a thank you card. So man, I, I think there's a lot of different ways we can help build other people up this week with our words. And we could pick, honestly, there's hundreds of different ways we could do it. Yeah. I just want to set maybe a ninja level challenge for everyone to write a thank you card to seven people over the next seven yeah. days. See what God might do with that. That's great. I actually have my little box too. I did a lot of camps, camping ministry in my last 10 years. Yes. So I think back from 2011, I have a big box and every single note that I've been written is there and I go through it. And yeah. it's funny how you can bring up different memories of that time. Um, some are really specific and, and beautiful and others are quite, um, you know, vague and, and, and really nice still. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's great to have them. But um, I, I like that. Yeah, you're in, in the habit, in the practice of thanking people. I'd love to see our community, um, not only our, you know, church community inward, but if we could actually, you know, maybe, maybe the challenge is kind of half-half you know, pick half people within the church. Like we need encouragement still. We need to be yeah. lifting up our own people, but also, hey, who's people who are on the outside? Who doesn't yeah. know Jesus yet? Is it someone from the gym, from, from work? Um, someone you see, you know, at the coffee shop, how can you thank them? Because um, I think once we, we share it out, um, so many people are blessed and, and people that are outside of this church thing probably aren't as exposed to those acts of kindness as us. Um, so when they get something like that, I can imagine that being quite impactful for them. So yeah, I think consider and involve God in, in prayer as to who those cards are for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Such a good idea. Yeah. So we should super, we can have a lot of fun with that. And yeah. I think uh, there are probably some very creative people out there that are going to make their cards look <laughs> far greater than my cards do. I have the pretty boring news agent style uh, ones that just say thank you on the outside. And I just write, you know, in my incredibly boring handwriting font <laughs> that I have. Um, but I, I think there's probably some people out there that are incredibly creative that will get after it and make them look great. That's great. Well, if you're listening and you, you're keen, we'll chuck it on the Facebook post when we advertise this podcast. But feel free to post a little uh, photo of your note. Chuck it on, on Instagram, on your story. Tag Beyond Church. We'd love to see uh, what happens in our community this week. Um, but just hey, to wrap up, so you go, Lockie, I, I was just going to say tag beyond church. This is a bit selfish of me, but I would love to see it as well. So tag me just so I could see, cause I yeah, want to celebrate. Great. I want to celebrate the thank you notes. So um, yeah, you can find me on, on all the different social media platforms. It's Jason Perko Perkins is my handle on all the social medias. 
How good's that? I hope we see some great things this week. Um, yeah. But to wrap us up on a really similar note, um, yep. but it's more about uh, being slow to speak. So we've talked about how can we use our words and, and actively use our words to help others. But what are some tactics that are actually going to help us this week to be slow to speak, to really slow yeah. down and, and just be really intentional with our words? Yeah. I would say two things that I try to practice and Lockie, I, I call them practices because I have not perfected them. These are things I'm working on. I'm practicing. Mm. The first practice is this. I really try to practice coming up with questions for people that are really curious questions. So trying to be incredibly curious to learn about them, what they do, what are their passions? What do they love? Um, that to me, I think is very helpful for me to start listening more and speaking less. Um, so if I'm going to be slow to speak, it's going to you know, potentially invite me to ask questions so that I can then listen and, and to really hear what the other person has to say. So curious question asking, I think is one tactic. And then the second tactic has to do with when they are answering these curious questions, I repeat two words in my mind and I'm letting you in on some like very back office information here, Lockie. So great. next really time, appreciating this. next time you and I are together hanging out at a coffee shop at told you so or whatever, you're going to be like, I wonder if Jason's repeating these two words right now. <laughs> but as the person's answering that curious question that you have, I repeat these two words when my mind begins to drift because all of our minds do when we're listening to somebody, our mind will drift to things that we're maybe needing to get done that day. Or oftentimes we tend to drift towards what I want to say next. Yep. How am I going to respond? That's a go-to of many of us. So here are the two words that I repeat mentally. Just listen. So as I'm listening and my mind begins to drift, I try to recenter back and be present in the conversation by mentally saying, Jason, just listen, just listen, just listen. Um, and that helps me to not be thinking about what I need to say next or what I've got to get done after that meeting and I need to move on to. When I repeat those words, it's, it's been a help to me uh, to just listen after I ask that curious question. So there's two practical things. Curious questions, ask those and just listen. Repeat that to yourself when you're listening. That's some great advice. I, I, I think back to prayer circles and things like that. Um, how often do we rehearse our prayer in our head mm. and we're waiting, we're going, oh, this is gonna, that's going to be great. Oh, that's fire. And we're going to say, oh, that's, that's my prayer. Um, yeah. and, and what if God is trying to teach us things uh, during someone else's prayer and he's trying yeah. to center our, our, our attention to his presence um, rather than what we're going to say next? And, you know, that's the same in prayer as it is in conversation. I think that's, that's really brilliant. Yeah. You've given us a lot to work on. Um, well, I, I've got a ton I have to work on. And by the way, I think one of the benefits of being a communicator and a teacher is that you, you get to learn a lot as you prepare for others. Um, you know, the old adage that you actually learn more when you have to teach it. Um, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. So thanks so much for having me. I have a question for you, Lockie, if it's okay. Sure. That's cool. You just got back from your honeymoon. I did. Which is so, so fun. Um, what was your like top three highlights from your honeymoon? And remember, we're on a church podcast, so you got to keep it clean. Okay. <laughs> well, so top three highlights. 
Uh, Molly, my now wife, uh, is incredibly intentional and I didn't realize, but she, like, she planned the wedding, not down to like the micromanaging details, but just thought of everything. And yeah. we got, uh, we kind of decided to just go with the one place pretty close to home, about an hour away in Mullaney. And we oh, arrived cool. at that place and we didn't move and we awesome. just stayed. And it was really great because before in the lead up, there was a lot of um, preparation, obviously, with the wedding, but also a university semester finishing. And the fact yep. that we didn't have to once move, uh, there wasn't anything so we had to good. go and do. That was probably the best, one of the best. Yeah. Uh, second was just eating nice food and just yeah. not having to worry about exercise for the week and not worry yep. about what's going on and just eating, just making cheese platters with all the lovely things that you, that you like. So um, good. So and. Good. Yeah, it was awesome. And three was just that um, to spend quality time together uh, with yeah. nothing in particular to talk about. No, no planning, agenda. no agenda. Yeah, love that. Work off for a month, uni off for a month. Yeah. All the things that we'd been talking about, um, we actually kind of, we we'd made this big list of things that we weren't talking about before our, our wedding. Um because they were just too big picture, too much to handle in the kind of month leading up. So we had this big list of just vision things for our life, um, you know, from everything from how we're organizing our finances to what, what do we want? What, what's the next 10 years got for us, 20 years? And so all those kind of conversations that didn't require stress were actually just dreaming and vision. Um, yeah. that, was, that was really awesome. So it frustrated me having to save them for, for a month or so. But yep. having then just the, the opportunity to just sit and talk and be together with love no it. expectation was, was wonderful. I love it, man. That's so good. So good. So excited for you guys. <laughs> yes. Oh, me too. It's, it's really great. Um, can't wait to be back at church and celebrate with everyone and yeah. all, sorts of, all sorts of exciting things to happen uh, in, in the future in that, in that realm. So it's uh, sure. it great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for jumping on. Um, thank you for giving us practical advice you know um and and letting us into the the kind of vulnerability of what's going on inside of you and your journey to how you've got there and thank you for um i guess admitting your flaws and imperfections which is always great to hear from um from leaders in particular i find it really comforting uh, as someone yep. who you know in aspiring to be leadership in, in leadership and i'm sure many of our listeners are uh in the same kind of boat, you know, volunteering now, but maybe have dreams to go into something bigger and better, whether it's yeah. through faith or just, uh, you know, whether through its church or in their faith in general. So I really appreciate that. And thank you for yeah. all your insight into um, part two of this message. So thank you so much. And we'll see you hopefully again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. The pleasure is all mine. I really mean that. I feel privileged and honored uh, to be a part of what you guys are doing and can't wait to see what God's going to do with the partnership. I'm super excited about it. Awesome. All right. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Hey, well, thanks so much for listening to the Beyond the Message podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend. But we've got some really great challenges that Jason gave us to post on social media, to send out those thank you cards, those uh, those tokens of our gratitude towards other people. So if you're keen, please do it. Tag Jason, tag Beyond Church, tag me if you like, because I'd love to repost it and see what our community gets up to in the next few days. Apart from that, we'll see you next week. Have a great one.